run and go get your bodyguard. What you gonna do when shit hits the fan? Are you gonna stand and fight like a man? Prepare to experience the strongest radio allowable by law. Secrets will be revealed. Myths dispelled. From the studio gym where excuses never apply. It's Superhuman Radio with your host, Carl Lenore. Beginning of another week here at the Superhuman Radio Network. We're starting the week off with a great show. We're going to be talking about omega-6 and omega-3 ratios and implications on gene expression and obesity in just a moment with Dr. David Much. Uh, before we do that, a couple announcements I have to make. First and foremost, of course, is that uh, this show is brought to you by a generous contribution by All-American Pharmaceutical and EFX Sports, and you can get six of their free I'm sorry, six of them top-selling products absolutely free by going to superhumanradio.net, clicking the banner ad for EFX Sports, entering your address and information, paying $5 and change for shipping. It truly is a shipping charge, and you will get to try these products before you buy them because Dr. Jeff Galini believes that no one should buy anything until they've tried it. You have to make sure it works before you spend your money on it. So he puts his money where his mouth is. Uh, also, want to mention that uh, this week is a short week because Wednesday I leave for Ireland. Yes, and we are going to be meeting up. Elisa and I are going to be meeting up with a lot of people in Ireland who listen to the show. I'm really looking forward to this. So, um, when I get back, we have a bunch of shows that we will post that will be produced in my absence. Older shows uh, for people who are just finding us. Uh, you know, we've been doing this for almost 13 years now, so we have a lot of older shows that people have never heard, so we'll be rerunning some of those in my absence, so make sure to look for those. And then, uh, of course, uh, tomorrow we do still have the Blueprint Power Hour with Coach Rob Regish. He'll be here to answer your questions about training, nutrition, uh, everything, uh, drugs, the whole bit, so remember that, and we'll, if you can't listen to the live show, of course, there's always the podcast. All the way from Canada, the University University of Gulf uh, is uh, Dr. David Much. How you doing, Dr. Much? I'm good, thanks. Thanks very much for uh, having me on your show. Absolutely, important discussion too. Uh, you know, we hear lots of discussions about omega six and omega three fatty acids today. Uh, I don't think most people even know anything about them, other than oh, I'm supposed to get more omega threes in my diet. I'm supposed to eat more. Um, you know, salmon and fatty fish or take fish oil and all that sort of stuff. Um, talk about your research. Uh, why this study? What was, what was done prior to this study that, that left unanswered questions? Um, well, I think you kind of hit, you know, hit the, the nail on the, on the head there right off the bat with the, the fact that there's a lot of conflicting messages out there about dietary fats. Um, I think uh, everybody kind of knows that when you, you go and read some of the, uh, the, the popular press, uh, there's going to be a day where this is good for you to eat, and then the next day things are, are not so good for you to eat. And it creates a lot of confusion for people. Um, and that is something that the field of nutrition is trying very hard to, 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 to make sure that you know, quality science is being run and, 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 and conducted so that people are, are less confused by what's out there. And so one of the biggest uh, points of confusion, of course, with dietary fats are, are they good for you and are they not good for you? And, uh, and don't, so, don't, don't, you think, don't you think one of the things that has kind of um, muddied the water in this discussion 
is the uh, broad stroke meaning that the word inflammation has taken on in you know because everybody thinks that the word inflammation yeah. is, is something bad but inflammation is a, a normal regulatory process in our body kind of like the fire I, I like to when we talk about inflammatory responses and chronic inflammatory responses I like to talk about the house you're cooking you've got fire you've got a frying pan it's controlled you're cooking it's a good thing but now the house is on fire. That's not a good thing. So, you know, it, it, there's a fire is in, in both cases, but one is good and one is bad. Isn't this part of the problem where we get confused about these fatty acids because omega-6 is, is touted as, oh, it's bad. It's, it's inflammatory. That's right. Yeah. And that's, that's really one of the big questions and of interest is omega threes versus omega sixes. You know, what is their role, uh, with, uh, uh, chronic disease? Uh, how do they affect inflammation and so forth? So, I mean, the, you know, the rule of thumb really right now is that people say omega threes are anti-inflammatory or they help to resolve inflammation while omega sixes uh, promote inflammation. Uh, but to your point, is inflammation is not a bad thing. It's when it gets out of hand, that's when it becomes a problem. So omega-6s themselves are doing a very important and worthwhile, meaningful thing in our bodies is that they produce uh, the precursors to create a class of molecules known uh, as eicosanoids or oxylipins. And essentially, these are inflammatory mediators, but these are very, very important mediators. They have a function in our body and, and we need them. If we didn't have them, we would have a problem. So uh, the, the fact that omega-6s can do this has unfortunately meant that now people think of omega-6s as being pro-inflammatory, when in fact, what they're really doing is they're helping to maintain the inflammation that's required in our bodies. Okay, now that's an important distinction. So inflammation that's required in our bodies would be, would be contrary to the popular wisdom amongst the mainstream, right? Because inflammation connotes something bad. It's almost yeah. like we need to rename inflammation something else to like construction and then over construction is not good right so constructing a house is good but but once the house is done continuing to construct walls is not a good thing it's almost like inflammation has been misunderstood completely absolutely and and i really liked your analogy about about the controlled you know, using a fire to cook food or in an oven or whatnot you, you know you need that that's important you couldn't cook without it but uh, the moment that fire gets out of control and, and, and engulfs the entire house, well, that's a problem. And that's really the same thing with, with a lot of the chronic diseases that are you know, plaguing society now. Obesity is a good example. Obesity is now characterized as a low-grade chronic inflammatory state. And, and so the problem with a lot of these diseases is that that inflammation is now no longer being turned off. And so if you've chronic, chronic constant inflammation, well, that's a problem. That's putting a stress on your system. But if you have inflammation that's responding to some stimulus. Like a workout, you know, like, a, like a workout. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, a workout and, and you know, or, or you've cut yourself and, you know, you, you, need to, you need to have an inflammatory response to help resolve that cut and, you know, cause coagulation, all that type of stuff. That's, that's important. And you, you couldn't live without that. So you need that. But when it's turned on and never turned off, that's when problems start to happen. And those are things that build up over time. So the inflammation that you would have on a, you know, on a daily basis, if, if, if you, uh, you, know, you go work out uh, or you, you, know, you, you have a cut or, or whatnot, you bruise yourself, well, those, those, are, those are really transient inflammations, right? Those are things that aren't going to be persisting. But if you start to get into uh, a chronic inflammation, well, that's when you start to have bigger problems. And so 
the, the role of dietary fats and all of that becomes really important because we know things like saturated fats and trans fats in particular are are things that are going to promote inflammation. But again, we're consuming those things and it's all about, you know, how much you consume and how chronically you consume them and the context in which you're living. Um, but omega-6s and omega-3s are very, very important because they're really controlling that balance of these eicosanoids. So that balance becomes very important because essentially you're going to have some of them, the omega-6-derived uh, eicosanoids, well, those are going to be uh, promoting inflammatory response, but then the omega-3s help to actually shut that off. That's why we refer to them as resolvents, because right. they're essentially resolving that inflammation. But you need that balance. And so if you, if you had an, a dis, an imbalance between those two, well, that's when, again, when you start to have problems that can start to occur, right? You, you've got too much of one thing, then you, you're not out of balance. So, so, and, does, and, so does an overabundance and a presence of omega-6s in and of itself trigger inflammation? Or is it just, you know, uh, ammunition uh, waiting to be fired by the, the, the machine that causes inflammation? Is, is just the overconsumption and presence of high levels of omega-6 going to create uh, a chronic inflammatory state in a human being? So this is this is in some ways one of the million dollar questions that's being asked right now is, and and so my personal belief on this is that the omega six is I liked again your your analogy about the it's ammunition but it's not doing anything until it's needed, um, and so you know if you have uh, I mean omega sixes are very important right we can't forget that that uh, linoleic acid is one of the two essential dietary fats that we have to consume otherwise we have some big problems. Well, that linoleic acid is an omega-6 fat. So we can't do away with omega-6s. Um, we need them. And uh, having a lot of them in our diet, is that a problem? Well, it's a problem if you start to get into context where disease sets in, and now you might have this inflammation that is being actually activated. Mm. And now you've got this issue because now you've got all the ammunition available to basically sustain that inflammation. Interesting. You know, and it, and it, and it, I want to just juxtapose this conversation against two other things. There's good evidence that an overabundance of omega-3s can be quite worrisome, too. It can it cause problems with memory in the brain. It causes problems with heartbeat. It can cause problems in the body. So the, the it, it isn't like – it truly is a yin and yang. It's not like, oh, yeah, plenty of omega-3s you don't have to worry about, but too much omega-6s you do. That's not the case. And the other thing that to remember is – that there are parts of the body that need to be nudged to continue to heal. Anybody who's ever had an overuse injury like tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, uh, brachial radialis, tendonitis, those are, those are conditions that stop healing and have to keep being nudged to heal some more and some more. So mm -hmm. it's not all one thing. It's The body isn't always on the gas pedal when it comes to inflammation. Would you agree with that statement? Uh, absolutely, 100%. I mean, that, when, it's, when it's always on the gas pedal, that's a problem. But when it's coming on and off, it's basically responding to what the system needs. And sometimes the system needs inflammation and sometimes it doesn't because it's going to be responding to something. And, and I, so I totally agree with you. And I think to your point, this, this idea that, you know, this is one of the biggest questions I get from students when I'm teaching. I teach a class called Fundamentals of Nutrition. It's a, it's a large introduction course to nutritional biochemistry. And one of the questions that I often get is, well, if... If omega-6s have this bad rap, why, why consume them? Well, first off, uh, you know, first off, I say, well, 
one of them is essential. So we definitely need it for, for health, for development, and so forth. But then I come to this point that you just touched on, which is it's all about balance. Uh, in many ways, I find that, that we become, we as a society have become so <laughs> preoccupied about individual nutrients mm-hmm. that we forget that we don't eat nutrients. We eat foods, and foods contain all various kinds of nutrients. And so what we need to kind of keep in the back of the mind is that, is that our body is used to dealing with a balance of, of all these different types of nutrients because they all serve some function. Um, and if we, if we start to, to, to try to limit certain things and go out in certain ways to, 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 to take supplements and, and so forth that are, that are very rich sources of a particular nutrient, then we start to get things a little bit out of balance. Right. And, and I think that balance, it's to your point, I think the balance is what's so important. And that's why, we, you know, when we talk about the omega-3 to omega-6 balance in the diet, that, that's really the idea is that, is that, you know, you go back uh, 150 years ago when the balance between omega-3s and omega-6s was uh, a, lot, a lot more comparable. It was, it was probably about a 2 to 3 to 1 in terms of omega-6s to omega-3. Mm-hmm. But now things have shifted and we have about a 10 to 15 to 1 ratio. And so a lot of people are like saying, well, that ratio and that, 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 that ratio that's now a little bit imbalanced is potentially causing some issues. We're overloading our system with omega-6s and we're, we're, we're depriving our system of omega-3s. So we need to try to get a better balance there. And, and so that to me is, is, is the key to all of this. And I, I liked your point because it is about balance. And, and the primary reason that we have an overabundance of omega-6s in our diet today is because of processed foods and edible oils. Would you agree with that statement? I mean, edible oils tend to be inexpensive, uh, high, high, high production, and as a result, uh, omega-3s actually make oils go rancid sooner. So oils that are that, that are innately high in omega-6s have a much longer shelf life. So industries, edible oil industries, and therefore they provide the, 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 the processed food industry with much of the oil. That is where the, 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 the introduction of high levels of omega-6 have occurred in our diet, right? That's right. That, that uh, is, is a huge, a huge uh, yeah, a huge sort of cause for that high level of omega-6 in the diet, these vegetable oils. And, uh, and the, the shifting in the abundance of corn in, um, in the diet as well is another rich source. So, you know, and when we think corn, it's the extracts from corn then. Right. And so it comes, you know, it comes to, to the point that, yeah, it's just much more available. And you're, and you're right, the, the big challenge with omega-3s is their, and we hear a lot about this, is their oxidation rate. Right. And, but a lot of the omega-3s, you know, if we think about omega-3s and we think about oxidation, we're usually thinking about these very long-chain omega-3s, which are the ones we get from, from fish, from fatty mm-hmm. fish, mm-hmm. Uh, EPA and DHA. And, and those are very susceptible to, you know, how they're stored and how they're processed and how they're cooked and so forth. Um, whereas uh, if we think about, about um, uh, the shorter chain omega-3s, which is, again, our, that's our essential omega-3 is the alpha-linolenic acid. That's something that's quite rich in, in flax uh, uh, oils, for example. Um, you know, if we shifted to using flax a little bit more or making a blended oil, then we could start to get around some of these, these imbalances in the omega-3s to omega-3s. But see, the problem I have with seed-based, so, so, you know, and this is, this is why it's so hard. Like, in your industry, looking at nutrition, 
and, and the emerging signs of metabolomics, if I pronounce that properly. The problem we have is we, we look at this thing and we go, oh, this is good. We need more of this. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, when you eat a peanut butter and be- jelly sandwich, you get more than peanut butter and jelly. You get the bread, too. But the bread is unspoken, but it's there. And so yeah. with with a lot of seed oils, we're learning now from uh, uh, people like Dr. Grundy and, and others that there are anti-nutrients in seeds. Anything that's designed to protect genetic material typically has um, some sort of protective mechanism to keep things from eating it. And so the trajectory of the species can go on. And so it's hard to say, uh, like, like I stay away from anything that has sunflower oil. I stay away from it because I know in that case, the seed has a shell. So much of the anti-nutrients are reduced because of the shell. But when you start looking at some of these other seed oils, I, I start to worry about the anti-nutrients that ride along with the omega-3s. And I, I just prefer to get my omega-3s in the triglyceride-bound form from animals. Am I wrong thinking that way, you think? Um, no, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm an expert in terms of all these, these, these different components of the, and the seed oils, but, but I mean, I think you, you know, to the, to your point is that there's a lot of different phytochemicals that exist in, in uh, plants yeah. that are there for a purpose. And some of those are going to have uh, an effect when we consume them, they would have an effect in us. Some of them actually probably have no effect and are going to be completely just sort of processed through and eliminated. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, I think there's a there there's certainly a potential of of having something in in you know you're consuming that might have some unknown or unanticipated effect. Right. But I I, I got to say as long I mean I don't you know this is my own personal opinion right, and right. my philosophy when it comes to eating, but I don't really worry too too, too much about that. Um, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of different things that could be we re, we're being exposed yeah. every, to. Every everything everything we eat is toxic on some level. Believe it or not, people talk about toxicity. Well, we have experimented with food to the point for millennia that we now mm-hmm. know what we can eat and it won't kill us. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have some sort of toxic value in our system. I want to take a break, and when we come back, I want to come back and I want to start talking about your study, how it was designed, and what you learned. Uh, we're talking with Dr. David Much. We're going to be talking about. Omega-6 and omega-3 ratios and how they influence gene expression and obesity. Very, very important discussion for those of you especially who are planning on having children. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in Can-C eye drops. I've been using Can-C for six months now, and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using Can-C eye drops for 11 years now, and I credit Can-C eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. Can-C eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Cansey eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Cansey eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. The benefits of a ketogenic diet are immeasurable. Health, resist disease, mental function, and even performance. But getting into ketosis can take weeks, if even at all. Now you can get into ketosis in 10 minutes. Keto Kena is the first ketone powder that has been clinically shown to switch you into a ketogenic state by providing a rush of ketones into the bloodstream. Like to train fasted or want to spare more muscle glycogen during workouts? Take a shot of Keto Cana and hit it hard. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Keto Cana banner ad today. What if a sports nutrition company actually let you try all of their best products for free before you ever bought one? 
You'd be dreaming, right? Well, you're not dreaming. Head over to efxsports.com and grab their new sample kit that includes not one, not two, but six of their top sellers. That's right. Six different samples of their top sellers sent out to you immediately to try. Just cover a small shipping and handling fee, and they're on their way to you. See for yourself why EFX Sports has taken the industry by storm and why so many athletes worldwide depend on their products, dominate their competition safely and legally. Head over to EFXSports.com right now and click the EFX Sample Kit in the online store and get your free kit today. Once again, that's EFXSports.com. Who ever heard of a supplement company that lets you pick the products they make and sell? What you have now, we are All-American Body, a factory-direct supplement brand proudly brought to you by All-American Pharmaceutical. Don't pay more somewhere else. You can get the same or even better products directly from us. Now check this out. All-American Body is a brand about you. Tell us what to make next so you can save big. Go ahead and request a specific ingredient. You know, arginine, citrulline, vitamin D, a product type or category, keto, greens, naturals, herbals, nootropics, and even a specific brand branded product or formula. We'll either copy it exactly or make it even better. And best of all, it won't cost anything close to what you've been paying, period. And if we do end up using your suggestion, you'll get the first bottle absolutely free. We'll also give you full credit on that product's description page. You'll be famous signing autographs and people asking you to take pictures with them wherever you go. So head on over to allamericanbody.com right now. That's allamericanbody.com and make your product request today. All American Body, crazy savings, insane results. Mitochondrial and cup is the holy grail of fat loss. Making mitochondria work harder raises body temperature and metabolic rate without the jitters of stimulants. Now there is an over-the-counter mitochondrial uncoupler that will let you shred your body down to the last pounds of body fat. It's Trojan Horse. This is the supplement breakthrough of the decade. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Trojan Horse banner ad. Use coupon code SHR and save 20% off your order today. BlackstoneLabs.com. Trojan Horse. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. Welcome back to Superhuman Radio. We're talking with Dr. David Much. We're talking about omega-6 and omega-3 ratios. So we're going to actually get into the research now. So talk about your research. How was the study designed? And uh, what were the endpoints that you established for it? Yeah, so this is a, a study that um, uh, we conducted uh, where we were really interested to look at the, the effects of these essential um, dietary fats, so the alpha-linolenic acid and the linoleic acid, the omega-3 and the omega-6. And so this was a study that we conducted uh, in lean, healthy uh, rats as well as um, a genetic model of obesity, so what was known as the obese Zucker rats. Can I can I ask you can I ask you what the genetic predisposition is of a rat that it becomes obese? Is it insulin resistant? Um, uh, so th- so this is caused uh, by a um, a genetic mutation in the leptin receptor, ah. and so and so essentially they just uh, eat and happens- eat and eat and eat and eat. In other words. 
Correct. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So, so, and and then, but then to your point, then they then they develop all of the uh, all of the yeah syndrome X and uh, metabolic syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Sure. Yeah. Um, And uh, so, yeah. So, so the idea here was really to to take a bit of a of a supplement approach where we said these animals are going to either get a, a, a controlled diet or they will get a diet where they uh, receive either uh, the alpha-linolenic acid in addition to what they're consuming or uh, the linoleic acid. And we wanted to, our, our primary endpoint of interest actually was to look at what are the effects, um, what are the effects on whole body uh, insulin sensitivity. And so this was a study that we actually conducted and, uh, and published back in 2014, actually. And what we showed in these animals was that the obese animals that were fed the, um, uh, the, the ALA or the alpha-linolenic acid or the linoleic, the LA diet, they essentially um, were buffered, if you will, from, from developing the insulin resistance that normally you would see in these obese models. Wow. And so we thought, well, this is really interesting. Uh, we've seen this, this whole body effect. And then so we took a, we took a, a bit of, a, a, of an approach over the last couple of years where we're trying to understand, well, why exactly did this happen? What, what's, what's going on here? Um, and so what we, um, what we first did is we looked in the muscle, and specifically in the muscle. And uh, we looked at, for example, uh, mitochondrial function. And we saw there were some changes there that, that uh, would, support, uh, would support or align with, with the improvements, but they didn't explain everything. And so we thought, well, okay, well, what, what could be happening? And so we looked at, we expanded our scope a little bit. And we then looked in sort of adipose tissue, liver, and muscle, sort of the three key metabolic organs. And we wanted to see if any of these, um, uh, what we were known as reactive lipid species, so uh, diglycerides or ceramides, which are associated with uh, causing insulin resistance. Really? We thought, yeah. Cer- we, cer- we thought, ceramide, well, ceramides are all the rage right now in the cosmetic industry because they're supposed to improve uh, skin quality. That's interesting. Oh, that is interesting, actually. I didn't I did oh not my know God. They, they were the rage there. They, Doc, they have ceramide capsules and creams that have ceramides in them that they rub on their skin. They're very, very expensive. Uh, people who are really, really deep into the whole, you know, uh, cosmetic surgery thing, they use ceramides constantly now. And they, a lot of them are internal. They take them orally because they're supposed to improve hair and skin and huh. nail quality. Yeah, okay. Just just a little interesting. little Yeah, that, that is interesting. Actually, I'd be curious to know what those, how those supplements, like when you consume them orally, how they get into, into various tissues. Like I'd be actually very interested to see do they get in in that, in a much more controlled manner, or is it just sort of flooding the system with them? That's interesting. I, I'm gonna have to thank you for letting me know that. I'll have to look into that. Absolutely. Um, uh, but but so yeah. So you know, we we, we looked in the, the the key tissues, and, and we thought, well, okay, maybe there's something happening with these reactive lipid species, and we we couldn't, to be honest, we didn't really see much uh, uh, to explain things. So then then we performed another study, and this is the study that that led to uh, to our uh, reaching out to you know to our, our interaction. And what we thought, and this is sort of a kind of a newer area of research, especially in the nutrition area, it's much more, uh, if anything, it's much more established in the exercise area, where the muscle is now known to, to secrete protein. So right. this whole concept was, has been around with adipose tissue, fat tissue, for a very long time, where fat tissue releases proteins known as adipokines. And the best examples are um, 
For example, leptin is right. a great uh, is an adipokine that controls food intake, and adiponectin is one that rec- that controls uh, insulin sensitivity. Right. Um, but there's a whole panel. There 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 are hundreds of adipokines that are secreted. But it's now recognized that other tissues also secrete proteins. So the liver secretes proteins, and they're called hepatokines. Uh, the muscle secretes proteins, and these are known as myokines. Mm-hmm. And so we took, and, and so we became quite interested in this uh, in, in myokines because there are some myokines that have been associated and linked with improving insulin response in the body. So they can do it in a different, couple of different ways. One, it could in, improve insulin secretion from the pancreas. So mm-hmm. these proteins are released from the muscle, go to the, in, the pancreas to improve insulin release. Um, or they could be functioning uh, at the level of the muscle themselves to improve uh, glucose uptake. So there's a number of different ways that these things can work. And, and to be totally honest, the, the, I would say that we are far from fully understanding myokines. We, we have a much better appreciation of what goes on with adipose tissue just because that's been recognized uh, and studied for much more intensely for right. a longer amount of time. Right. But myokines have specifically been looked at uh, in the past looking at exercise response. So mm-hmm. what happens during contraction? Are any of these myokines being uh, uh, released? Are there any differences to help explain what's going on at the level of the muscle during exercise? And, uh, and of course, you know, we know we have different muscle fiber types and so forth. And, and so even to that level, I would say it hasn't been explored to any great extent. This is really a very new area of research. But from the world of nutrition, that really hasn't been looked at at all. Is what is, are there any nutritional molecules that that can actually, or nutrients that can actually uh, influence the secretion or the production of these uh, muscle secreted proteins? And I'm just going to call them myokines because that's the common term. Right, but, right. but recognize that myokines have a very specific definition, and some, not all of these secreted proteins fall under that necessarily that term. But for simplicity, we'll just call them myokines. And, 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 just, and just for simplicity's sake, these proteins are basically intracellular messengers, right? They, they tell cells to do things, right? That's right. So, all, okay. so proteins that are released from uh, from a, a cell can do actually a number of different things. One is they can act locally. So they could, for example, uh, be released and to, to communicate a signal uh, or to, uh, to to speak with the cell that sits right next to it. So it could be very local effect. Or they can also have a more hormonal effect in the sense that they can be released into blood, travel around the body, and then communicate with other tissues. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about crosstalk between tissues, you know, when, for example, adipose is talking, uh, you know, in quotes, talking with, uh, with skeletal muscle, it's really these adipokines and myokines that are doing the communication. Right. They're traveling from one tissue to the other, and they are, uh, they're, they're, they're basically sending a message. Right, right. So, so we were really interested to see in this study, do, do these essential fatty acids, the ALA and the, uh, the LA, the linoleic acid and the alpha-linolenic acid, do they affect myokine um, secretion, production and secretion? And so uh, this is a, a very sort of new area of research. And so what we, what we did is we took advantage of an algorithm and an approach that I actually developed when I was doing my uh, postdoctoral fellowship. Uh, now it's many years ago, unfortunately. <laughs> but <laughs> when I did that, when I did that a long time ago, um, it was a it was basically a way of predicting myokines. And so the challenge, of course, is with any of these different sort of uh, uh, approaches, is 
we're only as good as the tools we have available to us. And so when you're looking at proteins, proteins there are very complex and very difficult to, to study. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, is if you think about genes and proteins, the, the genome is very well characterized, both in, in humans or in rats. It's very well characterized. We know we have 20,000 plus genes, and, and we, can, we can study those fairly easily on a single platform uh, known as microarrays. The proteome, or all the collection of proteins, which include things like myokines and adipokines, is way more complicated. It's, it's huge as, a, as, a, as an area of research because of all the, the post-translational modifications that occur. So every time, you know, if you phosphorylate a protein, well, the phosphorylated version versus the non-phosphorylated version, that, that essentially needs to be detected using different ways. So it's very complex to look at the protein profile uh, of a tissue or of a cell. And so what we did is we, did, we kind of worked on a, and used an algorithm that essentially predicts proteins using gene expression. So what we know is that genes code for proteins. And so in those proteins, there is going to be a, um, a signal peptide that will determine whether it's secreted or not. And we can, you know, we can bioinformatically look this, uh, at this. And so what we did is we said, well, we're going to conduct a gene expression analysis in muscle of these animals that have received these, uh, these different diets. And we compared them to, to a lean uh, animal. And essentially what we did is we looked at gene expression and we found that there was a number of differentially expressed genes. So genes that, that, that their expression differed, whether there was the obese versus the lean control or whether it was the obese animals that were fed the ALA versus the regular obese, the controls. So, so we had a lot of different ways we could compare and look at differentially expressed genes. And those genes, we could then bioinformatically investigate to say, do these genes code for secreted proteins? And if they do, then now we have a potential myokine that's being, that's being affected by our nutritional intervention. Okay. And, uh, and, and long, you know, the long story short, to make a long story short, is we, we, we use this bioinformatic approach. We identified um, myokines uh, based on their differential gene expression that then, using a very targeted way, we could then go and look at the actual protein levels by examining, for example, the blood of these animals that we collected. So it was a way of getting to what we were interested in looking at, which is at the protein level, but we did it through gene expression. I want to take a break. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had to sure. drink some water. And when we come back, I want to find out exactly what you learned from this experiment and what could the omega-3s uh, do for us potentially in this kind of disease model progression. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Superhuman Radio. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You too can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. 
That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. If you've followed my transformation on Facebook, you've been wondering what I've done to create such dramatic results. One of the things is I've started every day with the Kegenix Prime and then trained fasted and remained fasted till my first meal at 2 o'clock. Kegenix Prime gives me all the energy I need while shutting down hunger. And since the ketones are bound to a quad mineral blend, I'm getting all the magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium I need to keep my minerals in balance. Try Kegenix Prime yourself. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Kegenics banner ad today and save 25% off your first purchase. Kegenics Prime. I couldn't have done it without it. Thrive Market wants to give you $60 in free organic products of your choice plus free shipping just to get you to check them out. Over 4,000 organic products to choose from and up to 50% off all their products. And shopping at Thrive Market is more convenient than anywhere else. Order online or on their app in minutes, day or night, and get everything delivered right to your door. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the Thrive Market banner ad and get your $60 in free organic foods and free shipping today. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips with 21 grams of high quality protein and only five grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. If you suffer from abdominal bloating, relief is here. Introducing Atrantil. Developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist, it relieves bloating where it starts, in the small bowel. That's why works while other remedies don't. In clinical trials, 88% of bloating sufferers who use prescription medications with no relief found relieve their symptoms, and it's available without a prescription because is made from a patented molecular combination of botanical extracts. It's not a probiotic. Plus, it's natural, vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. Atrontil. Even the name is proven to make you feel better. Go to lovemytummy.com and use code SHR for 10% off. That's code SHR at lovemytummy.com. Lovemytummy.com. Eat dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert, but this is no ordinary dessert with 20 grams of high quality whey protein isolate 17 grams of prebiotic fiber and sweetened with stevia these bars will make you feel like you're cheating but you're not go to superhumanradio.com and click the quest protein bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars this is the superhuman channel doing reps with the weight of the world welcome back to superhuman radio a very, very important topic. And we're talking about omega-6 and omega-3 ratios and how they affect obesity through uh, gene expression. So so what did you learn? Did, is, is, is there a possibility that uh, by increasing... Obviously, this statement I'm about to make goes hand-in-hand hand with the assumption that people are terribly low in omega-3s, right? So Because we just discussed mm-hmm. that at the beginning. Like, you don't want to have way too much. But is there a chance that by improving omega-3 to omega-6 ratios that people may be able to hold off their insulin resistance, their their obesity? 
So, well, certainly, so I, I would say certainly not their ob- obesity. I mean, uh, uh, obesity is more than just uh, the balance. It's really about, you know, total calories and so forth. And, and that mix and, you know, basically the general equation, right? Calories in, calories out. But the, the, the health, the healthiness, their metabolic health, if you will. So, so what, what did we find? They'll come back to that, that point then. So what did we find? Well, most, most interestingly, and, uh, and very topically actually as well, uh, given some recent findings that were just released uh, uh, about a couple of weeks ago. So what we found generally is that, by and large, Obesity has a greater effect on the myokine, uh, the, the changes in myokine release and production than either of the fatty acids do themselves. Really? And I think, yeah, and I, and I think, and I think in reality that probably it makes sense in the sense that obesity is a um, is a a far more impactful change to the entire biological system than, than just two nutrients. But, but and, and, and I want to mention something worth mentioning. If you look at DEXA scans of obese people, they carry a lot of muscle. I mean, the mechanical loading of their body in, increases the protein synthetic response. So they don't just put on fat, they put on muscle. I would think that there would be a lot of activity, uh, beneficial activity from that muscle. But you're saying that the presence of all that fat kind of negates that. Uh, no, no, no. So I don't mean to say that that the that what happened to the myokines is necessarily a bad thing. Uh, so the the that that doesn't that definitely didn't want to imply that. Is so it just that that obesity has a greater impact on the overall myokine expression profile than either of the two uh, fatty acids. Oh, okay. Do. Okay. So so it doesn't necessarily mean so that's that's one of the big sort of question marks now. Of course is because we don't know what all these different myokines do, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily a negative thing. It could be an adaptation to just exactly the point you made, is that there is increase in muscle mass, and so some of these myokines are helping to uh, accommodate that increase in in muscle mass by reshaping the muscle. Mm -hmm. So that could be a a very beneficial thing. Um, And so it really comes down to the individual myokines, but collectively, obesity had a greater impact than than the dietary fats. But what we became really excited about was in particular with something regulated, myokine regulated by the uh, N3 fatty acid. So um, what we found is that there were some differences between the N3 and the N6, the the omega-6, the omega-3 fatty acid uh, diet groups. And when we look back at our original data that led us down this path, we, we had been really interested by the fact that that they improved or prevented the the uh, um, insulin resistance from taking place in this obese model, this genetic model of obesity. And when we looked closely, it looked like the omega three was actually better at preventing that insulin resistance than the omega six. The mm-hmm. omega six still had a, a significant effect, but it wasn't as good as the omega three. Well, we looked when we found the the myokines we were studying. We actually found there was a myokine that is now uh, uh, kind of being very highly investigated, known as ANGPTL4. And this is a, a, a myokine that essentially, uh, it's not only a myokine, it's a protein that's released from several tissues in the body, but one of those tissues is the muscle. And what it does is it affects the activity of a, um, of a transporter, uh, essentially, to keep it simple, it affects the, the activity of a transporter that's used for helping to get fat inside of a cell. 
Mm. So how does this work? Well, the ANG-PTL4 is actually an inhibitor of this transporter, meaning that you wouldn't be taking in as much fat into the cells when you have more of this ANG-PTL4. And so what we were really interested to see is that ANG-PTL4 was quite strongly uh, affected by the omega-3 uh, diet group in the genetic model of obesity. And so we're very interested in this because actually now this has led us to, to essentially propose and, and, and put into place a study where we're going to go after this ANG-PTL4 in particular because of the fact that it's expressed in a number of different tissues. We, we want to see is the, are the benefits really coming from the ANG-PTL4 that's coming from muscle or is it actually from another tissue? What other tissue does it come from? Just curious. So uh, fat tissue is another source, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe the liver as well, actually, is a, is a source as well. Okay, okay. So again, so again, you're kind of looking at that, and you're seeing that it's your, basically your key metabolic tissues. And um, uh, so we're very in, in that. And, and what became really interesting was a paper that was published, not by, by anybody here at Guelph, um, but it was a group, I believe, in the U.S., um, where they looked at ANG-PTL4 knockout mice. So they developed a, a knockout model. These animals didn't express ANG-PTL4 anywhere in the body. And lo and behold, these animals actually had um, improved insulin sensitivity. Interesting. And so what we saw with the omega-3 diets that we fed these, these obese animals, it reduced ANG-PTL4 expression. So they have improved insulin sensitivity. They have a lower um, uh, ANG-PTL4. That actually aligns with this knockout mouse model that was just recently published with. So, so this could be a nutritional approach to uh, reducing the amount of ANG-PTL4 secreted from the muscle that actually may have a beneficial effect on insulin sensitivity. That's really exciting. Uh, you know, from... Uh, I, I, I'm not because I think, oh yeah, people improve their, uh, their omega-3 intake that they're somehow going to become less obese. But if nothing else is a prophylactic to keep them from going really, really way down that rabbit hole of, of, uh, metabolic disease, um, this could actually be something while they're getting their bodies back to some level of normalcy to kind of protect them from any damage that would be long lasting. Am I, am I right about that? Yeah, and I think that that's that's certainly how we look at it. Is at the end of the day, obesity per se, like you know, extra body weight per se is is not necessarily the problem. The problem is what accompanies that extra body weight, and that could be the inflammation, the lipids that accumulate in places where it shouldn't, leading to fatty liver disease, the insulin resistance. Those are all things that are go hand in hand with higher body weight. But if you were able to resolve those other issues, uh, the body weight per se isn't, isn't really the issue. It's all these other things that are happening that are the problem. So this could be an approach to help potentially alleviate, through a nutritional way, alleviate some of the, the burden on the, on the insulin signaling in the body and that demand that's required. I, I, I want to take our last commercial break. And when we come back, I, I want to ask you a question that I've pondered and I've heard lots of arguments on both sides. And I have a feeling that you have an opinion given hmm. the nature of your work. And that is... Um, there, there's been, it's been long discussed a chicken and egg relationship between chronic inflammation and insulin sensitivity or resistance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, and that is that uh, chronic inflammation begets insulin resistance. And there's another group out there that says, no, insulin resistance occurs first and chronic inflammation is a byproduct of other things. I- I'd like you to weigh in on that when we come back, okay? 
Sure. All right, so stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Superhuman Radio. Dessert again with the new 100% natural line of high-protein, low-carb Quest protein bars. I love lemon cream pie and strawberry cheesecake, but you can choose from chocolate peanut butter, coconut cashew, or cinnamon roll as well. No matter which one you try, you'll feel like you're eating dessert. But this is no ordinary dessert. With 20 grams of high-quality whey protein isolate, 17 grams of prebiotic fiber, and sweetened with stevia, these bars will make you feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest Protein Bar banner ad to learn more about these clean and delicious protein bars. Thrive Market wants to give you $60 in free organic products of your choice plus free shipping just to get you to check them out. Over 4,000 organic products to choose from and up to 50% off all their products. And shopping at Thrive Market is more convenient than anywhere else. Order online or on their app in minutes, day or night, and get everything delivered right to your door. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the Thrive Market banner ad and get your $60 in free organic foods and free shipping today. If you followed my transformation on Facebook, you've been wondering what I've done to create such dramatic results. One of the things is I've started every day with the Kegenics Prime and then trained fasted and remain fasted till my first meal at two o'clock. Kegenics Prime gives me all the energy I need while shutting down hunger. And since the ketones are bound to a quad mineral blend, I'm getting all the magnesium, calcium, potassium, and sodium I need to keep my minerals in balance. Try Kegenics Prime yourself. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Kegenics banner ad today and save 25% off your first purchase. Kegenics Prime. I couldn't have done it without it. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Lab. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. New Mass Pro Synthogen X2 just upped its own legendary game. To distance itself even further from the rest of the pack, Synthogen X2 now has double the key active ingredients. If you've ever wondered what steroid-like recovery feels like, Synthogen X2 delivers. See why others compare it favorably to powerful bodybuilding drugs at synthogen.com. Mass Pro Synthogen. Would you train with it? You'll gain with it. When's the last time you look forward to taking your pre-workout? I mean like thinking about it the night before, shaking it up, anticipating the way it tastes. The music starts to thump louder. The weight starts to get lighter. Get ready to feel that way. Bounty Hunter is that pre-workout. Bounty Hunter will make you believe in pre-workouts again. Get free shipping with code SHR on a jug of ridiculously delicious, badass vanilla bourbon Bounty Hunter. Go to wildwestnutrition.com or click the banner ad at superhumanradio.net. There are a few products that I believe in the way I believe in CanSee eye drops. I've been using CanSee for six months now and the changes in my vision are nothing short of amazing. Wow, that's an old commercial. The truth is I've been using CanSee eye drops for 11 years now and I credit CanSee eye drops as being the reason that I do not need reading glasses at 58 years old. Can see eye drops improve the quality and health of your eyes indefinitely. That's why I both use and endorse Can see eye drops. Go to wisechoicemedicine.com and learn about how Can see eye drops can improve the health of your eyes and the quality of your vision today. Move over superheroes. This is the Superhuman Channel. Welcome back. We're talking with Dr. David Much. We're talking a lot 
about omega-6s and omega-3s, and you need them both. But clearly, from a an evolutionary perspective, an ancestral perspective, we probably had far less omega-6s than we do today. Quite frankly, it's not just the um, processed foods and the edible oil industry, but it's what they feed animals today, too. We know that cows that are grazed tend to have more uh, omega-3s, not a great deal more, but still more omega-3s than cows that are fed corn. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot, uh, in the mix that pushes us to higher omega-6 intake, which means that we have to pay attention to what good omega-3s we're getting and, um, whether or not it's going to keep you from developing insulin resistance will remain to be seen, but it's got to be better than having the house on fire, uh, and just, you know, just the frying pan is on the heat. So what do you, what do you think, Dr. Much? Um, this debate that is actually going on, people say inflammation causes insulin resistance, and other people say insulin resistance happens first, and the infl- inflammatory uh, uh, issue is, is totally separate. It has more to do with pro-inflammatory cytokines being pro- pro- produced by this, this now sick body. What do you think? Well, I think uh, I should probably say right off the bat that 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 uh, the area is is certainly one that is open for debate based on the fact that we just don't really fully understand it yet. Um, but my my own personal opinion on this is that I, I believe that actually insulin resistance would be the trigger for the inflammation. Um, and and I think the way that I view this is is that different tissues are are. In our body, you know, the liver, basically the three major tissues we're going to, we've been talking about are muscle, liver, and adipose tissue, our fat tissue. I think our, our different tissues are, have a different sensitivity to insulin. Some of them are more sensitive than others, and it doesn't mean that they're, they're all going to respond to insulin. Right. But some of them are going, to, are going to change their response based on differences earlier than others. And the science, uh, I, I feel, is pointing to the fact that adipose tissue, is incredibly sensitive to insulin. And so when a person starts to develop insulin resistance at the level of adipose tissue or your fat tissue, that is actually the initial trigger that causes some, some uh, uh, um, problems then to start to snowball away. So the first thing that happens then is if you become, if your adipose tissue, your fat tissue is less responsive to insulin, then you're going to have a problem in keeping the fat within the adipose tissue. And that means fat's going to travel around the body to other places. And we don't want fat in other places. We want it in our fat tissue. That's, that's the best place to keep it. It's, the, it's a little bit like a reservoir that's nice and safe. And so when, it, when that, that fat starts to accumulate in places like the pancreas, the muscle, the liver, well, that starts to affect the function there. Then now you start to develop uh, uh, problems in those tissues. But if we go back to the adipose tissue, the adipose tissue is unable to actually take in the, the, the fat and store it properly. And it's no longer uh, keeping it in, in the fat, it's releasing it. And so all that is, tr- is, is basically controlled by insulin. And when that starts to happen, the types of fats that get incorporated into adipose tissue uh, and, and the function, essentially they, they start to go, they start to, to, to become stressed because they're not doing what they should be doing. And the consequence then is of when there's a stress is you resolve that with inflammation. And so now you have a recruitment into your fat tissue. You, you recruit immune cells in to deal with that inflammation. And now you start to create this communication between immune cells and your, and your uh, adipose tissue cells. And 
along this idea of adipokines that we spoke about previously. And there starts to be an interaction between the two. And essentially, you've got your fat cells that are saying, something's wrong. I'm not doing well here. Something's wrong with me. The immune cells are saying, right, well, I know what I need to do then is I need to solve this problem with a local inflammation. Mm. And then you realize that the problem isn't that one particular fat cell, but it's the entire fat tissue. And so now you have this chronic inflammation that we spoke about before, and that chronic inflammation spreads out from that fat tissue to go across the entire organism. And so now you've got this chronic low-grade inflammatory state that is what we describe obesity as. So to me, I think it starts with insulin resistance at the level of the adipose tissue specifically. Mm-hmm. And then that is the snowball that, that starts at the top of the mountain and you roll it down and that's when all these other problems start to occur. You'll get a kick out of this. I, I was at a restaurant uh, last week and the young weight person, she came up to the table and she was talking to Elisa and I and she was trying to sell me on a $150 piece of Wagyu beef. Yeah. So she did her whole spiel and about how it's so beautifully marbled. And at the end of this, and we're, we're, we're with another couple. I looked at her. I said, you know what Wagyu beef is, right? She looked at me. She goes, no. I said, it's a piece of meat from a severely diabetic, metabolically deranged, sick animal that probably would die on its own if they didn't kill it and process it. And she looked at me and she goes, I'm probably not going to recite that to the next table. I says, I know. I said, anytime fat gets trapped in the muscle, that's a sick, that's, that's a sign of a really, really sick animal, I said. But I mean, it's true. And everybody pays $150 for a little piece of meat from this animal that they literally are killing metabolically. (laughs) It's so sad. So yeah, sad. yeah. Well, it's it's a little bit like uh, uh like foie gras, you know, the, this idea of the fatty liver that's a delicacy in France, right? I mean, they're basically putting fat into the liver right. by overfeeding these and these it, birds. Yeah, and AFLD, right? Non non alcoholic fatty liver disease. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And the problem is, it tastes very good. <laughs> well, because 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 from from an evolutionary perspective, anything very sweet or anything very fatty, we we were attracted to because we knew that. You know, fat was dense nutri- n- n- nutrient, uh, nutrition-wise, and you can get by with eating less fat and, and going longer. And obviously, sweet was the gold mine. The brain went, give me more of that. So, yeah. you know, it, it makes perfect sense. So, in summary, um, what, 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 before I ask you what you want people to take away, so, so I wanted to reproduce the type of diet that helped the little rodents. Can you give me some ratio ideas uh, that people can shoot for? Oh, um, so if you wanted to, yeah, so basically if you wanted to, to, to try to reproduce these diets, I mean, you know, the idea again is, is all about, you know, our omega-3 diet didn't have, it, it, it still had omega-6s in it. Right. So the idea again there is, is starting to get better, a better ratio. So to me, uh, if you go from a, a 10 to 15 to 1 ratio down to a 2 to 1, 3 to 1, 4 to 1 ratio, you are, you are on the right Okay. Um, that is that's starting to create a better balance. It shouldn't be on par. You don't even need to uh, to have more omega threes and omega sixes by any means. Uh, but it's about getting more omega threes into your system, and that can be done through the vegetable, like you know the the, the seeds and so forth, the the, uh, the the like the flaxseed oils, or it could be done by consuming the fatty fish uh, or taking fish oil supplements and, and so forth. Do you think Do you think that when we start to really get a handle on the fact that these two classes of fatty acids have profound metabolic effects that someday labels will, the way they have saturated fats, they'll label the, 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 the sixes and the uh, three ratios, maybe, maybe 30 years from now, 50 years from now? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, being a researcher in that field, I, that would be amazing. But the reality is, is I, I do also understand that these are just two nutrients out of the huge number of nutrients that we would consume. And so if you were talking to somebody in, in a different field of studying different nutrients, they'd say, well, I'd like to see the label have this and this. And so to me, uh, I think the worry becomes, <laughs> do you overload the consumer? Right. Um, and so, you know, so do I think having omega-3 content is, is useful? Sure, but, but, but I don't know if I would change the labels necessarily about that. It's more about just understanding what, what you're consuming. What do you hope both clinicians and lay people take away from this research that you've provided? Um, well, I think first and foremost is the fact that, uh, uh, you know, there's still a, a, a major gap for a lot of people that nutrition really does affect our health. Um, uh, it's not just food. Uh, food is very, very important. It's not just for calories. It actually does have an impact on our health. And so we do need to think about what's going into our bodies. And the second thing I would, I would really want people to take away from this is that it's all about moderation. You don't need to, to go on to a, a, a very specific limiting diet to have the benefits. By any means, I don't think that's actually at all what you should do. Is I think you should have a moderated diet that's nutritious, that's balanced, and you enjoy yourself. You know, I, I enjoy having uh, fatty foods just as much as, I, as, I, as anybody else, but I will balance that out. And I will make sure I get my vegetables and my fruits and so forth. And I think, I think if you if you neglect the balance, that's where you're going to have problems. Right. It's interesting because I had um, Joel Green. He's the the guy behind Veep V E E P dot com. It's a nutritional website that allows you to build diets uh, on scale and 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 modularly based on whatever it is that you want. He's actually featured on one of these uh, uh, TV shows, Doctor Phil or something like that. And mm-hmm. um. We just talked about the uh, he 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 did research on thirteen um, Aboriginal hunter gatherer populations that still exist today, and he said no matter where no matter where you went, he said you found balance. Even the, he you know the the, the the he talked about the Gui in Africa. They ate the least amount of animal protein. Only twenty percent of their diet was from animal protein, but they compensated with fats. And, and healthy carbohydrates. And when you went to the ones who ate the most, they also compensated with more carbohydrates because they were getting a lot of fats in with the meat. And he said, the one thing that you see is this almost instinctive intelligence about building a dietary template that we have to do research, uh, you know, ad uh, nauseum to come up with these ratios. And they just seem to do it instinctively. Yeah. Every one of them had very, very well-balanced diet. They did not neglect anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think it's funny because I think our obsession about diets now, uh, and especially in North America, the obsession that we have uh, as a population with diets is actually working against what our instinct is probably wanting us to do, which is just go and enjoy things, but don't do anything in a, you know uh, in in uh, abundance. Like everything really needs to be balanced. I you know I always give the example to people. I say you know. If you go and have just salad every day, you're going to be missing things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so salads are great, but you can, you can mix it up. Like, why have just salads? Um, uh, at the same time, if you, if you only had meat, well, then you're missing, obviously, a lot of, a lot of very important nutrients. So, again, it's about that balance. I want to thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. This is fascinating and important work that you're doing, and I hope that you'll come back when you have something new to talk about. 
Well, thank you very much for the invitation. It's been a great uh, a great hour. It's flown by as you sort of said it would, and uh, and I'm happy to to chat again in the future with you. Absolutely, and we'll send you a link once the show is up on the website. Take care. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, we're going to take one quick commercial break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Superhuman Radio. If you suffer from abdominal bloating, relief is here. Introducing Atrontil. Developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist, it relieves bloating where it starts, in the small bowel. That's why Atrontil works, while other remedies don't. In clinical trials, 88% of bloating sufferers who use prescription medications with no relief found Atrontil relieve their symptoms, and it's available without a prescription because Atrontil is made from a patented molecular combination of botanical extracts. It's not a probiotic. Plus, it's natural, vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. A-T-R-A-N-T-I-L Atrontil Atrontil. Even the name is proven to make you feel better. Go to lovemytummy.com and use code SHR for 10% off. That's code SHR at lovemytummy.com lovemytummy.com who ever heard of a supplement company that lets you pick the products they make and sell? What you have now, we are All American Body, a factory direct supplement brand proudly brought to you by All American Pharmaceutical. Don't pay more somewhere else. You can get the same or even better products directly from us. Now check this out. All American Body is a brand about you. Tell us what to make next so you can save big. Go ahead and request a specific ingredient. You know, arginine, citrulline, vitamin D, a product type or category, keto, greens, naturals, herbals, nootropics, and even a specific branded product or formula. We'll either copy it exactly or make it even better. And best of all, it won't cost anything close to what you've been paying, period. And if we do end up using your suggestion, you'll get the first bottle absolutely free. We'll also give you full credit on that product's description page. You'll be famous signing autographs and people asking you to take pictures with them wherever you go. So head on over to allamericanbody.com right now. That's allamericanbody.com and make your product request today. All American Body. Crazy savings, insane results. Hey, this is Carl. Start your day just like I do with a high-dose lipospheric vitamin C from Live On Labs. You, too, can benefit from Live On Labs' lipospheric delivery system. No more pills or powders. That's outdated technology. Live On Labs has the world's most efficient vitamin delivery system, period. Learn a lot more today at liveonlabs.com and benefit from their new reduced pricing. That's liveonlabs.com, L-I-V-O-N, labs.com. Ever feel like you want something crunchy? From the company that gave us the Quest Protein Bar, now comes the Quest High Protein Potato Chips. With 21 grams of high-quality protein and only 5 grams of carbs and no artificial ingredients. Just like Quest Bars, you'll feel like you're cheating, but you're not. Go to superhumanradio.com and click the Quest High Protein Potato Chip banner ad today and get ready to be satisfied. Thanks to Quest Nutrition, chips just aren't what they used to be. 74% of Americans are living with digestive issues. They take pills and potions to mask the symptoms but never address the root cause. Introducing GI Ultramax Pro, a complex of scientifically substantiated all-star ingredients that reestablish your gut's operating system, allowing you to be better shielded against the bad actors in your food and environment. The gut is complicated and it takes GI Ultramax Pro to deliver real long-lasting results. Go to superhumanradio.net and click the GI Ultramax Pro banner ad or visit MotherEarthLabs.com and use code SHR for free shipping. This is the Superhuman Channel. Evolution just got kicked up a notch. 
you liked that last interview, you could thank Kirkland Warletti, who's working with us here, part of the Superhuman Radio Network team. He's going to be booking more of our guests in the future. I really don't have anything else to say. Um, I just needed to run that last commercial break to pay some bills. Um, we're undergoing some changes at superradio.net, so you may be going to pages that say 404, page not found. It'll be fixed in a day or two. We're improving our SEO ranking. We've had to shorten a bunch of page URLs that have really been hurting our SEO. So as Michael Quantico from uh, the Philippines fixes that over the next week, luckily I'll be out of town, um, it'll get better. So I apologize in advance. And also, I got messages from people saying they were having problems with the stream. It's the internet, baby. I don't know who to blame it on. But there's always the podcast, luckily, and you can download that and listen to it at your leisure, which I hope you do often. Share them with friends. Please, 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 please share a show with the non-listener, and let's try to build the audience. We can change the outcome of the planet if we can get more people to become responsible for their own health outcomes. So, I right, see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>